0: Hello and welcome to Real REE Film Reviews, straightforward film reviews. I give you my view. Now, uh, if you've heard any of my previous podcasts, you'll know I'm not pretending to be any kind of specialised expert critic. I'm just someone who goes to the cinema and watches the films. I won't reference previous films. I might reference across the week or if something really, really sticks out but not in a way that you won't follow what I'm saying. Well, I don't know, <laughs> hopefully I won't. Uh, let me know. I'm just someone who's enjoyed going to the cinema over the years, and it's certainly changed um, from how it used to be. Uh, when I was growing up, going to the cinema was not a daily experience. It might have been a weekly experience, just because the amount of films that now come out, you can go to a cinema and see a film almost every night of the week. In fact, you probably can. If you've got a schedule out there for where you live and you could see a different film for the next month, let me know. Send it in. It used to be very different. Um, a favourite film, I said I'm not going to reference films, but I remember going to the cinema very early on in 1981 and we went back and I, I can't remember what film. This was a warm-up before, but there used to be what were called shorter films. It was still over an hour and a half, I think. Gregory's Girl. I'm pretty sure it was a warm-up film for something else. It might have been Chariots of Fire. I'm not sure. I've tried to find out on the internet, but I don't know how to use these things very well, and nobody seems to have put that information there. If you know what film Gregory's Gill might have warmed up for way back when it was released, and I think it was released in 1980 or 1981, then let me know anyway what i try to do is give you in this review a bird's eye view so a non-plot spoiler review of the most recent cinema releases so this is the last few weeks of january 2023 so today i'll give you a non-plot spoiler review of the substitute an argentinian film unwelcome Tar*. And the whale. So I give you my view of the films. Its plot or storyline, something about the characters, maybe, uh, maybe a quick discussion, my pithy summary of the film, and then my review rating. Um, I'm not using percentage or stars. What do they tell you? You have to read the review, and I have had a look at some reviews now. I never used to read reviews before going to the cinema. I just used to read what it was about and think, well, I'll go and see it. So. I've decided to make my own review scale, yay, right at the top, which is, like, really, I think you should go and see it. Like, again, I always say, it's my view. Down to, it's all right, maybe, and then I have right in the middle, mm, which is airing on the positive side, to just airing on the negative side of, meh, going down, if you have to, if you feel you have to go and see it, nay. And finally, NEVER! I'm sure I can bring in other ratings or use something else. Uh, Let me know if you'd like me to use a different kind of rating. So we'll start to look at the films. Okay, first film that we'll look at is The Substitute, an Argentinian film uh, about a teacher who takes on a tough substitute, or what we would call in this country, a cover or supply job, of teaching 16-year-olds literature in a not-too-good school and attempts to improve their lives. Now, I thought it was a nice interesting start because I did read the review and thought, well, this is going to be about this supply teacher. And then this guy is giving an introduction to a poetry book, I think. And it's, I, and then I started thinking, is this going to be about a literary critic? So what do I know? But it was a nice start and he's a bit of a cranky character. I didn't realise he was going to be the main one and he's uh, very upset with somebody who turns up because he says that he he did him in and i thought there was going to be some of this in the plot but no it wasn't and so look, let me try and give you a, a rough outline of the plot um he goes in to work into a school he's well known because of the work that his father does known as the chilian uh, for a charity kitchen where he feeds the kids in this local poor neighborhood he takes on a class he's a literature teacher he tries to improve their lives through introducing them to the beauty of literature and what that can on earth in the human spirit. And then he's caught up in the politics, which his father is also caught up in the politics of two people. One who seems to be some kind of criminal or drug uh, gang overlord who wants to be mayor in that part of Buenos Aires. Now, there's not a lot about that plot there. It does infiltrate into the film. And so things happen in the school and uh, to the class that uh, Lucio, the substitute teacher, is taking. And his life gets entwined with theirs and he tries to improve the lot of quite a few of them. Uh, and especially one main student called Dylan who gets caught up in the crossfire between the two Gans. And he does his best to improve his life. Now, I thought... The scenes and the settings were, were lovely and realistic. I often say that about films, but especially so in this case, it, it felt like a foreign film in a really, really good way. I, I like the staff room at the school, the way that he went in and it was busy and it was run down. And have you got a mug or have you got a cup? No, well I'll lend you one. And the discussion felt realistic and gritty. I, I may say that too much, let me know if I do. Uh, I like the discussions that they had. Uh, there was a sex scene, which I've uh, referenced about my uh, dislike of most sex scenes, uh, but it was a good one, uh, not because of what it portrayed, but the way that it built up. Suddenly it's thrust upon you, probably the wrong word to use there, thrust, but you, you don't see any of the action. And it was integral to the character's development as well. Um, we, we go around the rough parts of town, the really, really... Uh, They're not absolutely terrible, but I I presume they're quite realistic portrayals. And we go into a cafe and the the light felt real and the shabbiness of the buildings and the furniture and the walls and the roads. And it made you feel like you were there. And the students in the class that he takes, he has one main class and they're all all shapes and sizes and the names. And there's the one who's always asleep and uh, they felt I I like them. I uh, the 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 review I inadvertently read um it was kind of disparaging about some of this I think. I I thought that was an unfair criticism. Um and yes, um this review that I did read tried to review this cross set against uh, being Mr Chips and, and I thought That's just really not a fair comparison. They're both films, but one set decades ago in England, Britain. And this is an Argentinian Buenos Aires uh, suburb set in in contemporary life. So uh, yes, I think you can win classes over the way that he did. And it was certainly a tough job. Were they a little bit too open for him, uh, to him? Maybe because of his father's reputation uh, and that helped. Um, But it it did feel realistic, and I was willing enough to go along with it uh, for the story, so it wasn't a major obstacle. Maybe there are too many coincidences in this film, so I'm not going to delve too much into these, maybe in a real uh, in-depth view in another review. Um, But he had one class. How do you make a living from that? You don't go into school just to teach one class, and you don't have 20 hours as a class of literature a week. And it just happened to be his class when the police came in. And Dylan, who works for his father in the charity kitchen, just happened to be in that class. And the thug just happened to be there at the hospital when he was there. Um, They they sound like unfair criticisms. And actually, I think that they are. Um, But they do not build up. It's just on review of this. I I started to like the car chase. Um, But then... He pulls up uh, next to the derelict house where Dilling is hiding. And then it, it seems like a completely different neighbourhood compared to where his father's charity kitchen was, which is where the, the chase set off from. So just a few things there that if they'd tied everything together would have made it an even stronger film, in my view. Um, also, were we supposed to think of his middle class first world uh, problems of his family, because the, the the background story to Lucio, who is the, the the substitute teacher, is that he's separated from his wife and they have, I mean, the joke is he she still calls her 11 years old when she's actually 12, and she's not getting on in school. And I think I get the impression it's a music school, although that wasn't abundantly clear to me, maybe I'm just a little bit slow on some of these things um were we supposed to compare this and and he maybe he was I, I just couldn't tell but he's also um very concerned about his father as well who seemed to be not in very good health um so was there supposed to be a comparison here i mean there was a really touching bit uh with his father that that that, that did get me um it, it did affect me in some way so i really wanted it to win and succeed as a film I liked the, the, the main character, Lucio. I I, I think he, he portrayed him well. I liked the main kid, a lot, a lot of the kids in the classroom, but the main one, Dylan, that, that was underplayed and done in a really good way. And, and it nearly won. It nearly kept me, uh, nearly won me over. It did keep me engaged. It wasn't indulgent. Uh, I liked Lucio's opening uh, at the launch of the poetry book. Where he says, in an age of overcommunication, we end up isolating ourselves. So it made me think. At the end, was that what he was doing, trying to do too much, and, and ended up not doing anything in his own life? Unfortunately, it didn't quite pull everything together. But you know, still, still worth worth a watch. And um, pithy summary: teacher helps kids caught up in gang and local politics, but can he help himself? Review rating: definitely. And hmm. So now we come to unwelcome, rated fifteen. I, th- I thought it might be at eighteen. Um, do proper horrors have to be eighteen? No, no, they don't at all. But so right. Well, where do I begin? Unwelcome. I when I went to write this up, just to do a few notes for myself, I wrote unwanted. Uh, I couldn't remember the name of the film. It opens poorly. Uh, forget credits and things like that. It, um, uh, it, it's just an off-putting weakling of a character, Jamie, I'm sorry to say. Uh, Maya, his partner, is okay. Uh, and we open up with them in a flat and she's uh, doing a pregnancy test. And it looks like a sort of almost one uh, bedroom or one room apartment. And and almost straight away, I start to think, what on earth does she see in him? Uh, I didn't even like the hooligans in the beginning scene. So there's basically just five minutes um, set in, uh, I presume it must be London, because every place is London in the world in a British film. Um, We're supposed to feel for this couple who get to move away from this horrible, violent, unwelcome London to uh, a blissful, idyllic, perfect rural island. And, and like I said, I think we're supposed to empathise with them. Now, I didn't dislike Maya, but I, it wasn't that I disliked Jamie. It was just, oh my God, what, what a pathetic character. And so anyway, look here's the outline of the film. They live in London. They're going to have a baby, we think. Um, they need to leave because something horrible happens. And he gets bequeathed and inherits this uh, idyllic rural property in Ireland, where he used to go in the summer, and they're gonna live there. So I think that's the outline of the plot. And so they leave London, and they drive along a long road with a beautiful rural vista, and they drive along a long road everywhere, all the time. Every time it's a long straight road with a beautiful view, and they put the camera up in the air, and then you think, Okay, he must have walked to the pub this time because he's absolutely blotto drunk. So, did he walk all that way back? And as you can tell, uh, I'm starting to get on my nerves even just thinking about it. And so they turn up. I'll talk about the first day of the film because there's not many days in the film, in the film's plot. Um, What do they do for a living? And I never saw that in London. And I still don't know. And she's heavily pregnant at this stage. And. Uh, we never did find out—not even an inkling. I mean, did he work online? Uh, certainly, at one point, he in this—it has no mod cons house in the plot, and he needs to contact somebody, and he's dropped his phone or there's isn't a phone, and so he gets his computer laptop out, and it says no internet, and you just oh, <sighs> and anyway, so. They drive along this really long road to arrive at the property where it's his auntie Maeve has uh, given this to him. Not many people knew her locally, but it's luckily Neve is there who kind of knew the auntie. And uh, and they all know Jamie because he used to go there, the English boy in the summer. Uh, We don't know anything else about his family. And so they're handed over the keys of the house. I presume it seems to be this introductory scene. And then they're instructed to do one thing at the house leave fresh meat out for the redcaps or the far darig. Um, uh, are they kind of leprechauns? So we have that sort of conversation and, uh, and Maya promises. And then they start to, set, start to settle in. Now it's the first day, so they've driven there. Uh, uh, in a car uh, uh, and the, the car's not absolutely laden with uh, things that they have had to move uh, and they turn up and everything's there as well when they turn up yeah like that always happens and there's a great big hole in the roof and I don't just mean just like a leak in the roof like an actual visible hole in the slate and that goes straight into the bedroom and when we look into the bedroom it's perfectly done out I think there's even a quilt on the bed and it hasn't got damp and black and, and it's, it's all ruined because there's a hole in the roof and so well we must fix the hole in the roof uh, but they don't uh, they go shopping to the local shop along a great big long road Um, and there's elements in the story that i think you're supposed to like them and the local shopkeeper and maybe the suspense i thought was building up there something's going to happen they're going to find out something or they're going to be unwelcome in the shop but no he's bequeathed the shopping because the shopkeeper used to know his auntie me but i thought she didn't know anybody and then they go to the pub and then oh are they unwelcome no and everyone's just having a crack and then they're giving a pint of guinness and everyone's really friendly which I actually believe, I'm not being cynical about that. Uh, And then they go back and then, or do they get a builder on the way back and then they go to a place and it's supposed to be scary and there's a great big guy at a builder's yard and who will be available at short notice, but we've got to fix the hole in the roof. And so they do all that on the first day. Um, and I think they go to the pub again in the evening, or is that the next day? I don't know, and I'm starting to lose the will to follow this. Hoping, though, I'm hoping there'll be some more funny bits, because was this was this a romantic comedy? No, was, was, was it a comedy? Was it a horror? I don't know. And so, and so inevitably, they've promised to leave out the fresh meat at the bottom of the garden where there's this mysterious door gate in the wall uh, and that's opened up and there's a forest behind and it looks very scary uh, and then uh, something a little bit bad happens uh, and so it, it goes on from there and we find out very early on that all the local people think the building family the whelands are not good people <gasps> who would have thought it and is there any suspense or don't leave your missus alone with the boys that's what i'd say and there's an anti-English thing from the builders, and that's all a bit kind of cliched and stereotyped. There's the welcome, there's the Guinness, there's the crack, there's still a hole in the roof. But, you know, he's put the punching bag up. And now I tell you, putting up a punching bag, and if it's a proper one, it weighs quite a bit, is no easy task, because I tried to do this during lockdown. I didn't attempt it indoors, because I thought, well, if you've watched um, Otto uh, from last week's review, you'll know they're putting something, a hook into the ceiling. Isn't that easy? Even if you're quite a specialist like Otto was. So there's my reference to another film, but it it does hold up. But putting up a punch bag, man, that took me ages to work out because the weight of it, getting the hook hooky. But no, no, he, no, no, he can't do a hole in the roof, but he can do a punch bag because he gets quite angry because of the incident that happened. And and they don't want, um, because the solution to feeding the red caps would have been for uh, Neve to have come around and do it, which she promises to do. And she's. Quite a lovely character, actually. She's the only decent character in the entire film, I think. Uh, but no, no, we, we don't want people around in our house because of what happens. It reminds us we want a place of our own. You want a place of your own? You're in rural Ireland, for God's sakes. So, anyway, uh, the builders turn up the next morning. <gasps> You're not supposed to be here. Oh, we had a job that was cancelled, so we thought we'd come in and start doing the kitchen. <sighs> now, if any of you have had a building job, You'll know they even just replacing a door requires some discussion. Let alone do a kitchen. You have to have plans. You have to go by the units. You plan what? No, 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 us no, start ripping it out straight away. Then they come downstairs, and it's obvious straight away that these are rogue builders. These are people you don't want around. They're rude. They uh, don't do things, they're immediately dismissive. So, you know, I know it's a horror, but you at least want some realism. You at least some, want some dynamic between people. But no, he fe- they, they accept it and they don't tell him to sling his hook. Get out, I'll not put any money down. And so you can tell it actually really does start to annoy me. So the far Darig come into the story. These are the little creatures that, that live. Uh, I hope I'm not giving anything away. Um... Uh, They come into the story, uh, she's forgot to feed them. um, And then she wanders alone in the woods when she's heavily pregnant. Through the mysterious garden door in the night and someone has gone missing. Because that's what you do. Oh, and it's late at night and it's getting dark. I I think there's a dog that turns up and oh. uh, uh. So my pithy summary would be. A rom-com gremlins cross with Yoda horror show, and not in a good way. Review rating? Nay, nearly never. In, f- in fact, it, it's it's a never for me. So, let's get on to tar. I, I don't know if you're supposed to say it in any different way because of the accent. Um, it's an acute accent, I think, on, on the A. It, tell me if I'm wrong. I'm just trying to remember that from my uh, French lessons. Grave, acute. Uh, no, it's acute. Oh, I can't remember. Anyway. It's this story about Lydia Tarr. Uh, she's an amazing conductor. Now I did read uh, like I say uh, this is just my view of the films and all I do is have a look at what the cinema listing description says of them. I might come across something. Now with this film I came out at the end and thought I didn't think that was based on real life. So I had to check and i a bit of a dope like that sometimes um, and it's it's not based on real life so I hope that doesn't plot spoil it for you but it really felt like it was a supposed to be an accurate portrayal so that that, that was quite interesting it did do that so Lydia Tarr is this amazing super amazing uber amazing conductor who stars as the maestro that's the word for that's what they're, they're they're called she's called maestro all the way throughout by the people at the Berlin I presume it's the Philharmonic Orchestra but tell me if I'm wrong and it's how she does that job and how she deals um, with all the amazing things that she does. She's releasing a book and she's uh, I'll get onto this in a little bit. And she, she's lived with some people in Bolivia for four years and included their uh, music into her ethnography of music. Um, and how she deals with a few incidents from the past that are quickly catching up with her and how they unwind and unravel her career. So. It's a long start. And I, 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 when I say a long start, I don't just mean it's got a few of those production credits, which, fine, you know, they have to do them. They have to do them. But it's, like, really long. And then there's this phone screen where we see some text messages. And and for the life of me, I, I maybe it's about the, her daughter. I don't know. I don't know what it was about. So that immediately alienated me. I'm thinking, am I supposed to know what this is about? Uh, oh, oh, is this an advert? Uh, is, this, uh, is this a credit? Is this one of those opening credits? Uh, instead of, a, of, a, of an archer firing a bow and it comes straight at you and goes into the name, maybe something's going to appear on the phone. But no, no, no. Then we go to a blank screen, black screen with foreign voices in the background. And they're off in the distance and we can't hear them. That's my attempt at doing foreign voices. And then we have 10 minutes I don't know, I don't know how long it was, but it felt like 10 minutes. It might've even been longer of credits at the beginning, a whole page of white lettered credits on a black screen. Now, I thought this is supposed to be about classical music or the conductor of a classical music orchestra. And so why was there so little classical music? In fact, I bet maybe that was a good effect of the film, but I, I, I don't know why I'm raising that straight away you can tell the film is annoying me. So, Lydia Tarr. Eventually, when the film sort of gets going, you're trying to piece together who these people are. Uh, And then you see her, but you're introduced to her. And like I say, I hadn't really picked up on the story, so I just let the story unravel on me. That's what I try and do. And within minutes, maybe quite correctly, the director has made me absolutely loathe this person. I mean, she's amazing. There's nothing she hasn't done. She studied here. She studied there. She's been the best at this and the best at that. And she's the top rating of that. And she's like I say, she's lived in the Bolivian forest or the Colombian forest or somewhere like that. And there's basically nothing that she hasn't done. And she's been introduced. And then we find out because it's all very bewildering how some of this is done. I think it's supposed to be sort of like a realistic documentary style, but not documentary, but realistic, like a real story. And so there is somebody on a stage. Now, apparently, when I inadvertently came across a review or when I inadvertently came across, a, uh, I think it might have even been the Wikipedia page. And I'll talk about this uh, when I look at these in depth. Um, the person playing the interviewer, it, that's where it was a cameo role. So that felt very realistic. And 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 I, I don't like her. I, I, I and, and he's saying, and so we're so lucky to have her. And there she is on stage. Oh, and this is intercut with an interminable scene where, again, I, I think, is this supposed to impress us? But there's this, it went on for ages, but maybe it was only 30 seconds where... She, Lydia Tarr, is getting a uh, suit tailor cut for herself based on um, Leonard Bernstein. Who, you, you find out who that is sort of later on. So, yeah, but you know this, that she wants the same suit as her mentor. And it's shot in that way where you're supposed to be impressed and all these close-ups and, and uh, material being cut. And, and again, I'm just starting to think, what is this film about? and so then we have the interview with her and now the the one thing i had picked up which you can't miss is this um outstanding performance um now undoubtedly when you get into the film and if you are going to sit through it it, it it's very, very well acted. Apart from this opening scene where she sits on the stage and I'm like, I'm going to be really disparaging here and pretends to be interviewed. Now, the interview is quite realistic because that's what he does for a job. But her answers are so scripted because she's in a film. It didn't feel like a real interview at all. It felt like a film interview where it's a bit phony and it's a bit fake and her answers are a little bit too perfect. There were no pauses or stutters or... Or, 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 or trying to work out what she was going to say, or, or, or anything. Maybe, maybe that's because she's so amazing. But nobody's that amazing. Or maybe it was. Maybe, maybe that was a very good job to make me intensely dislike her. Like I say, I didn't intensely dislike everything about her, though. So can you separate? And then one of the following scenes from this is she's at the book launch, or she's publicising a book because she's amazing. It's about her on her tar on tar. Um. And she's obviously asked to go and do a quick lesson at one of the uh, local colleges or something like that. I'm not quite sure. But, she, you know, that there's somebody being a sycophant and talking to her. And the assistant, who's an integral part of the plot, and I'm going into this plot quite quite a bit. You, you don't need to know much. Basically, things unravel. But she's asked, you know, you've got to move on because you have this to go to. And so she takes a class and they're conducting and they're conducting There's one uh, poor unfortunate student who gets caught in her crosshairs who's doing some modern music and she basically eviscerates him on the spot and you know, why are you doing this and what's wrong with Bach? And, And his objection, and here's where I agreed with the character that he wouldn't do bark because of, of his identity as a white male or whatever it, 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 he goes on about. The acting of this, I thought, was really bad. Uh, there was mumbling. He talked away from the camera. Uh, maybe that was part of what happens later in the film. I'm not quite sure. So that made me think, what is going on here? But she, in a very haughty, kind of obnoxious and very disparaging way, um, disparages the whole lot of them and says don't get cu- caught up in culture identity politics now you don't have to like a, a person to necessarily agree with what they're saying but a lot of what she said uh, I I would agree with I mean you may not so if you have seen the film what do you think of that do you, do you disagree with me anyway So that happens and then she goes back to Berlin and we see her with a partner and she has... uh, They have a daughter between them and then we see the machinations of her running the orchestra and they are the really, really interesting bits when she's conducting. Now, sometimes I think she does it over the top um, when they're actually playing the pieces and the way that she's throwing herself around. But the whole rehearsal thing is really, really interesting and and I I did kind of like that bit. That didn't alienate me at all. And I think in the review the Wikipedia page that I saw there's a this film hasn't done as well as it was critically acclaimed to be because audiences couldn't quite understand the complexities of the topic Uh, and, and I presume they were saying people are too thick to understand orchestras well that's not the case at all you understand that she's working with a set of people and she motivates them and she you can see in this and this is when she acts it really well um, it's difficult doing that. You know, you're doing your interpretation, you're trying to encourage people, you're doing rehearsals, etc. So, look, there's there's lots, there's some of it, I'm not I was going to say lots then, but there's some of it that is worthy of seeing, I suppose, and was really interesting about a uh, classical orchestra. Anyway, this is the thing there's just too many characters who are not likable. Um, does that matter? I think we're supposed to delight in the ending. Or I was supposed to be torn about it. I don't know, but I just didn't care that much. It felt very real in the way that it was cut, and we go straight into people talking business and we have to catch up. You know, when you come into a meeting just a few minutes late, but then you start to realize it feels like you've missed hours. So there was a lot of that in there. Um, People not talking very clearly, I thought as well. Some of it was good, some of it was bad. the, like I say in the class or the lesson, seeing the the, the, um, the student that she teaches mumbles, um, talks away from the character. Um, I, I don't know. Anyway, I actually um, uh, I saw that it's not based on the real person when I came out. Like I say, I thought it was based on a real person. And so, what do I think of it overall? Well, uh, a music. This is my pithy summary. A music conductor's career and cancel culture. My review rating, nay, too long. Too many um, for the critics part. Um, It was trying to be too clever and ended up numbing your bum. So let's review Whale. I think it's rated 15. And it sets off quickly in comparison to a lot of other films I've seen recently. We have an opening scene. There's not over the top music. A guy gets off a bus and then we're straight into it. There's no messing around. And we get a humbling welcome to Charlie, uh, the main character uh, of this film in the first scene, Uh, quite humbling for him. And we're immediately I was drawn into the story. Um, it's set around, and I will try and give a little bit of a plot outline, set around an obese online teacher who's uh, stranded in, in his uh, in his home. He won't leave because of his size, who um, tries to reconnect with the daughter who he walked out on when she was eight. And, uh, and she's, it's now seven or eight years on. So he has uh, a friend called Liz. Um, who's a nurse and who comes around and who does care for him. Not cares for him as a nurse, but because she is a nurse she can care for him. But there, there's a lovely relationship between those two and she, she's great uh, and, and so is he, Charlie. Um, she cares for him deeply. We get to know a few bits and bobs um, about them through The Preacher. Now it opens up with this guy who knocks on the door and and the way that, that the film opens is is quite bewildering and and, and I liked it. It worked because you, you know who the character is, Charlie. You don't know who he's called Charlie at this point because nothing's introduced and it's absolutely pouring down outside. There's a knock at the door and he says, come in. But he's in the middle of something and it's all quite embarrassing. And, and he's saying, read me, read me this, read me this. And you're saying, can I just charge my my phone because I've got wet and I've run out of charge and I saw your light was on or something like that. And he's insisting that he reads the essay. And you're thinking, does he know who this is? Do they know each other? Uh, and it turns out they don't. And it's a really bewildering start, but in a good way, because you're immediately caught up with, why is this guy asking me to read out this essay? And and and, and you, you want to know. You want to know because of the way it starts. So, um. Charlie isn't overdone so he's the main character and um, we don't feel sorry for him we don't pity him either um, we don't necessarily feel repulsed by him apart from when he does some things that you think yeah I am repulsed by that um, and we're like I say we are introduced to him in a very personal way so Charlie is uber optimistic and he's trying to help his daughter who he reconnects with or tries to reconnect with who is angry and she does come round and i will go more into some of the plot parts in the more in-depth review um, when she turns up man she is burning i mean the resentment and the scorn and the derision and the anger um, and this causes a few problems uh, that he's reconnected with his daughter for liz and uh, for Points in the plot, it begins to connect together really, really well. So the trailer does actually give a good idea of this film, I thought. It's one of the best trailers. And when you go back and and see it after you've watched the film, you think, yeah, they've done that really well. Um, Maybe a few bits are too much in there. I don't know. Maybe they overegged it a little bit on the trailer and made it not as appealing as I thought it could be. But that doesn't distract from my view of the film. I, I very rarely go out to see the trailers, but you get caught watching them when you turn up for the cinema, don't you? So, look, the ending is good. There's symbolism in the story. There's the use of the essay about Moby Dick. Uh, There's the feeling of it being a play. It wasn't long in, I thought, well, this is all going to be sat in one room. Uh, It feels like a play... Um, there's this lovely bit with people going across one of his windows which uh, has a a shutter or a blind on it and you can see that somebody's coming and it just made it feel like a play and uh, plays that have been converted into films can really really work Uh, and i like that and it's all set basically set in one room with a few little bits off that room Um, then the ex-wife is uh, a mother of the daughter is uh, brought in as well so the characters are all great they worked um there is a point when you're thinking how can charlie be so optimistic how can he be so positive about his daughter but but it works out and and it, and it comes together he's in a he's in a bad way liz is concerned about him he wants to reconnect with his daughter there's this preacher guy uh who's also gets involved in the plot and um it's a, not a distraction, it's not the main part of the plot, but it, 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 it weaves everything together in a really interesting way. So, my pithy summary would be, a film called The Whale, but it's not about an aquatic sea mammal. Review rating? Toe curling sometimes, in a good way. Repulsive, in a good way. Intriguing, it's a yay. Yay. So let me know what you think about all my reviews. Um, I I feel like I've ranted a little bit this week. Uh, Leave me a review or a rating. I'd love to hear from you. Either leave that on your podcast provider. I think I'm on Google and Apple Podcasts. Let me know if there's anything else you'd like me to put it on. Um, leave me a review and a link on the Twitter account, that's Real, R-E-E, Film, at Real Film or Instagram, Real Film Review. Well, you'll also find the links to my rating scale and other links to the trailers and the little bits and bobs. Coming up very, very soon, I uh, will do an in-depth discussion um, of these films and any themes coming out from them. I'll be coming up in a few days. And also next week, I hope to review Babylon, The Fablemans playing Knock at the Cabin. Uh, And after doing an in-depth of today's films, uh, which will be uploaded very soon, where I dissect, discuss and debate the foibles and fun parts of all these films. So thanks very much for listening and get in touch and tell me your view.